this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, I am glad to see you out now. We've been going now. This is the fifth of the sixth week on the blood of Jesus. And we're getting, we're getting to the, the latter end. I don't know if we'll go next week and the week after or how much longer. But we're going to learn some more on the blood of Jesus tonight. Open your Bible to Genesis chapter number 2. Genesis chapter 2 is where we're going to begin tonight. Let me ask you a question as you're turning to Genesis 2. How could a holy God stay connected to sinful people? Now that's the question that God's had to answer to himself forever. How can a holy God stay connected to, to sinful people? Could God change his standards? No. Would God change his standards? No. He won't do that. So when you study the Bible, God's solution for the sin problem has always been the sacrifice of blood. From the Old Testament through the New Testament, you always see that there had to be blood involved. So we pick up here in Genesis 2 with a man named Adam and Eve. And life was well for them at this time in their life. Everything was good. Now I want to read just one verse in chapter 2, then we're going to jump to chapter 3. Genesis 2, 25, and it says, And they, Adam and Eve, were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. Now, what that's talking about, yeah, I realize that physically, but what it was talking about when they had no shame was this. When there is no sin, there is no shame. How many of you have ever figured that out? A lot of times what happens is the devil baits you to sin. He baits you and baits you, and then after he does that to you, you know what he does to you? Oh, you're sorry. You're no good, and he'll beat you over the head, which is a thing called condemnation. And he tries to shame us. And he tries to guilt us. And some of you say, that describes me tonight. Well, the Bible's going to help you. The truth's going to help you. So we go to Genesis chapter 3. And this is where the devil tempts Adam and Eve. And they take the temptation and they sin. They get over into an area called sin. What is sin? Anytime I disobey what God's asked me to do. So we pick up in Genesis 3, verse 7. Then the eyes of both Adam and Eve were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and they made for themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Why did they hide themselves from God? This is a result of sin. This is what happens with sin, with any human being, that sin breaks us down and beats us up where we don't feel worthy to come around the presence of God. And this is what's taking place. So they hid themselves. Verse number 9. Then the Lord God called to Adam and he said to him, Where are you? Now God knew where he was. But God wanted to give uh, uh, Adam the opportunity to repent right here. But he says, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. 
Now, this is the result of sin totally and completely. This was the thing that separated God from Adam and Eve. This is the thing that separates us from God. Now, same chapter, I want you to see something here. Verse number 20 and verse 21. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was a mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and he clothed them. Now the New Living says right there, it says, clothing from animal skins. Now I want you to just think here just a second. Where do you think those animal skins came from? Just a simple observation here, I believe. An animal had to die. And why did that animal have to die? So that the shame of mankind's sin could be covered. So right here, immediately, in, in, the, in the Old Testament, as the Bible gets going, with the first human beings, you see right here that God had to use a sacrifice of an animal in this situation to cover man's sin. Now turn over, just the, the next book is called Exodus. Go to Exodus chapter 30 and look with me in, in verse 10. Now as you're turning there, think just a little bit about Adam and Eve. When I go back and look what they did with sin, they dabbled in sin. What they did didn't seem like a real big deal, did it? And I think that's what happens with us a lot of times as human beings. We have the thought, what's the matter with a little sin, just as if it's ever now and then? Sin isn't good. It's what separates every one of us. Uh, Exodus 30, verse 10. And Aaron, who was the prophet at the time, shall make atonement upon its horns once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement. Once a year he shall make atonement upon it, Throughout your generations, it is the most holy to the Lord. So when you read here what he's talking about, this was called the Day of Atonement. Some say this was called Yom Kippur. You may hear that to this day. When you hear the reference of Yom Kippur, this is talking about the Day of Atonement. So right here what takes place is once a year the priest, and in this situation the priest was Aaron, they would make a sacrifice for all the sins of the people. So what would take place here is they would take one bull and two goats. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around a slaughterhouse or you've ever been around animals that have been sacrificed as far as whether they're getting their horns cut or things like that. But if you've ever been around stuff like that, I, I remember as, as a boy helping uh, an uncle cut the horns off their, their, their cows. Man, when they'd cut those horns off, you're talking about blood. And it'd go everywhere. So think about this in the sense of this would be very, very bloody and very, very messy to see the blood of a bull and these two goats. Now, the reason that, that this is, is so messy, it's the seriousness of sin, but also the consequences of sin. So once a year, 
this was what would take place. But the only one who could make that sacrifice would be the the priest. He would go in on behalf of all the people. Now there's a word in here that you got to understand to get this, and it's the word atonement. You see the word atonement several times in that word. First, the word atonement means a sacrifice to purify or cleanse. So when the priest would go in there and do that, it was a sacrifice to purify or cleanse all the people of their sin. But the issue was this, if you'll read it again, they had to do it every year. Year after year after year after year. So here in a minute through some more scriptures we're going to read, we're going to see the problem with this is every time they came in year after year, they were always reminded of their sin. And if you're always reminded of your sin, you're going to have a sin conscience. Now let me help you a little bit, and this was one of the ways I learned what the word atonement meant. I broke it down into three syllables. At one meant. And so God's goal was for us to be at one with Him. And this is what the at one meant, that He said, listen, the only way that I can be at one is through blood, through the sacrifice. So in the Old Testament, this is what they did. Now go with me to the New Testament. I want to show you some things that helps us as, as New Testament believers. Go to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. The word atonement also meant to amend for what has gone wrong. So it amended in our lives what's went wrong for every one of us. And the only thing that would appease God was the blood. That was it. Hebrews chapter 9. Let's begin in verse 11. But Christ Jesus came as a high priest of good or better things to come with or through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, man-made, that is not of this creation. Jesus came as the high priest, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all. Ooh, there's some nuggets in here. And having attained eternal redemption, complete redemption. So we go back and we begin to look. Previously throughout humanity, the only thing that was sacrificed was animals. Now this man named Jesus, he comes, and he didn't come with the blood of animals. It said he came with his own blood. And if you'll note in there, it he said he came once, just once. That's all it took was once, but note in there, for all. So the blood of Jesus was good for every one of us once and for all. And when you look at this verse here, it said here that he he obtained an eternal redemption. Eternal, you know what that means? It's good forever. Now this is why you can really trust the blood of Jesus. This is why you can begin to celebrate. So you go on a little further here and we read verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, 
sanctifies or purifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offend himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So all that in is a nutshell, if you go back, remember the thing that appeased God in the Old Testament was the blood of animals. Now he comes and he says, how much more shall the blood of Jesus cleanse your conscience, cleanse me and you of shame and guilt? And how many of you ever gone around being beat up with shame and guilt? Man, I, I used to be eaten up with that stuff. It would tear me up when I would think back in my life about all the things that I had done. And then when you read this and you understand, Jesus cleansed my conscience. And how did he do that? The Bible's very clear that when we repent of our sins, he forgives us and he washes us clean. And it's very clear that God doesn't remember him anymore. And if God doesn't remember him, why should I? And so the devil, he messes with our conscience. And he tries to tell you, you're sorry, you're no good. He tries to shame you. How many of you ever worried and said, oh, dear Lord, I hope they don't ever find out what I've done. Do you know, in my life, when I started pastoring, the devil would he'd pull that card on me. And you know what he'd say? They're going to they're fire you. They're all going to leave the church when they find out everything you've done. I thought, oh, Jesus, some of you in this room, you grew, you grew up in the city. Some of you know my past, and it wasn't good. And I'd freak out on that. I was like, oh, no. And so you know what I began to do? I just tell everything that I've already done. I tell all my stories. This is what I've done. <laughs> it's no mystery. This is what, and so you know what I, I, I fully started understanding? Is I don't have to listen to him bluff me. That in God's eyes, he's cleansed my guilty conscience. And what did he cleanse my guilty conscience? To serve the living God. So you know what? I can come in here and I can serve the living God with a pure heart. That that old man that used to do all that junk, he's dead. Same with each one of you, but this is why we got to understand the blood. So go to Hebrews 10. Woo, this is good. One of the best things we can do every day is stand before God and say, Father God, I thank you right now. I thank you the blood of Jesus cleanses my conscience. Woo, the blood of Jesus cleanses my... When I go to sleep at night, I sleep well. Because I don't have a guilty conscience. The blood of Jesus. Well, I know your past. Yeah, but you don't know all my future because it's all in Jesus. (laughs) That's where you got to get. Quit living in your past, okay? Jesus said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. That's the blood. Hebrews 10, boy, I better get going. Verse 1. For the law, the Old Testament, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image, not the very image of things, can never with these same sacrifice, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. Now what I want you to see is what he said right there. He said those Old Testament sacrifices, the sacrifice of animals, they will never, Never, look what he said, they will never get you where you can approach the thought of being perfect. Ever. So is there no hope for me? We'll keep reading. Verse 2. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshippers once purified 
would have no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sin every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away the sins. So this is why the Lord Jesus came on the scene. Father God knew that if we have to trust the sacrifices of animals, we'll always be reminded of our sins. But oh, thank the Lord. We don't have to come in here tonight and slaughter a cow. Thank the Lord. Woo! Not only the thought of the messiness, but just the significance of it. And I make you shout right there. Same chapter, Hebrews 10. Look with me in verse 19. Therefore, brethren, fellow believers in Jesus, having boldness or confidence to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Now, on what grounds... Do I or can I enter the Holy of Holies? Only by the blood of Jesus. Only by the blood of Jesus. Now this is important, we understand this. That the way I come into the presence of the living God, and that I can come in with a boldness. Did you see that? A confidence is by the blood of Jesus. There's nothing mentioned there that you can attain coming into the presence of God by your works, by your goodness, by whether the things you've done today are good or bad. Let me give you an illustration. A lot of times as human beings, we think, well, I had a good day. I prayed today. I read the Bible today. I didn't cuss one time today. Those are good things. But that's not what you come into the presence of the living God by. You come in only by the blood of Jesus. And then on the flip side of that, the negative side is, well, man, I've had a rough day today. I've done this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. Well, guess what? You repent of that and you can still come with confidence by the blood of Jesus. This is the point here. Verse 20. By a new and living way which he, Jesus, he consecrated for us. Through the veil that is his flesh. So when you read this, Jesus initiated and he dedicated. And what the veil literally means, it was like a curtain or a barrier. In the Old Testament, they could never come face to face with Father God. Remember, the only one who could go into the presence of God year after year was the priest. But now, according to Hebrews 10, 19, he says, Therefore, brethren... We can enter the Holy of Holies, me and you. So we can come in. You don't have to have a priest. You can come in and say, Woo, I come in by the blood of Jesus today. Why? How did he address us in verse 19? Brethren, fellow believers. Keep reading, verse 21. And having a high priest over the house of God, Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now what he's telling me right here, just because the blood of Jesus, I don't have have to live with a guilty conscience. Man, I've been washed and I've been clean. So once again, how do I come under the blood of Jesus? Will you receive Jesus as Lord of your life 
And I'm telling you, you start opening yourself up to the things of God, and you start welcoming. Man, I come under the blood of Jesus today. I come under the blood of Jesus. How many have ever had problems with patterns of sin in your life? Every one of us, probably, you start concerned. Man, I come under the blood of Jesus. Listen, I don't come in on my own merits. I come in by the blood of Jesus. And so start allowing the blood of Jesus to work. It's an inheritance of ours, according to Colossians 1, 12, 13, and 14. That was last week. I want you to look at something tonight. Go with me to uh, Revelations chapter 7. Revelations chapter 7. you to see something in this maybe as far as we get tonight but understand the blood of Jesus will wash you from a guilty conscience he'll wash your past just begin to thank him one of the greatest things you can do throughout today oh man I speak the blood of Jesus over my life right now I think the blood of Jesus is working how many have ever sang the song there's power power wonder working power in the blood well there is that's just not an old song. That is a truth that you get on the inside and start singing that. I thank you, Lord. There's wonder-working power in the blood over my life. And when you start having crazy thoughts, start speaking the blood over your thought life. Just add some tape. Lord Jesus, I speak the blood of the Lamb over my mind today. If you've got problems with your... Start speaking the blood. Speak the blood over your children. Now get this here. This is powerful. Revelation 7, verse 9. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all the nations, of all the tribes and people and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and with palm branches in their hands. Now, I, I thought about using this verse even on Sunday morning, on the end that we're talking about. This ought to put hope in every one of our lives in here about eternity with Jesus. If you'll note there, he said, I looked and behold a great number which no one could number. You know what that is? That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people when he looks and he sees the masses of all the different people that will be in heaven and he says, there are going to be a lot of folk there. A lot of White folk and black folk and brown folk and red folk. You look at what he said. Just read it. And he said they'll be standing there in white robes. You know what white robes represent? Righteous. You know why we get a, right, a white robe? Because I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a brand new uh, uh, person in him. This is what he's talking about. What does the palm branches, the palm trees represent? If you ever get a palm tree... Look at one of the leaves, and on the very end of the leaf, it looks just like that. You know what that represents? Not peace. Victory. Peace, Pastor. No, that represents victory. Okay? So they're going to be decked out in white robes because they're righteous, and they're going to have palm branches, which means victory. Some of you think we party here on earth. You ain't seen a party until like we get to heaven. It, it's going to be powerful. You know what the best thing is? It's going to be for eternity, and it'll be a place where there's no hangovers. It's going to be awesome. Keep reading. Verse 10. And they're crying out with a loud voice saying, Woohoo! Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. 
All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures fell on their faces before the throne, and they worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might, be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. You know what this tells me? The people in heaven are going to be ones that understand what it was to come under the blood of Jesus. And he said, their robes were washed in the blood of the Lamb. Now here is my personal thought of that. The only stain stick for sin is the blood of Jesus. That's it. That's it. You got sin, you take the blood of Jesus, and I don't care what it is. See, in our, li- our eyes, we look and we think, well, it's a big sin, it's a little sin. Some of you may have said this, what I've done is an unforgivable sin. Not when you got the stain stick called Jesus' blood. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you'll learn to confess your sin and allow the blood of Jesus to start washing you, whoo, this will identify you. Man, I'm righteous because of Jesus. I've been set free because of Jesus. That once again, when you begin to study about the blood of Jesus, that every one of us in this room, once and for all of us, we were bought with a price. And we were paid in full with one sacrifice. And with it came a warranty that only Jesus could make. And remember what that warranty was? It was for eternity. So I love to think the thought about this. The blood of Jesus isn't the same as 90 days as cash. The blood of Jesus doesn't have a 72-month bumper-to-bumper warranty. The blood of Jesus is good for eternity. Once and for all. Once and for all. Every one of us. Man, some of you ought to stand up. Let's stand up. I mean, you ought to get happy over this and realize, that's me. I can come under the blood of Jesus. And if you make a mistake tonight, get back under the blood. That's why the the devil will try to shame you and he'll try to make you feel guilty. Oh, you're sorry. You're sorry. And when he starts bringing up your past, you start bringing up your future with the blood. You start talking about the blood of Jesus. Remember, the only way I enter the Holy of Holies is with boldness by the blood of Jesus. The way I start is through the blood, and the way I continue is through the blood, and the way I end through the blood. The blood speaks. And so when you see what Jesus did, His blood satisfied Father God. When it says redemption, He purchased us back. And the way He purchased with His blood, and Father God looked and said, the blood meets all requirements for mankind. Let me tell you one more thing about the blood of Jesus. The blood is for your past sins, 
The blood is for your present sins. And the blood is for your future sins. And some of you say, I'm not going to sin anymore. That's the 11th command. Don't kid yourself. Once again, I'm going to define sinless. I'm not sinless. I just sin less. Because of the blood of Jesus. Pastor, do you still blow it? Several times a day. I come under the blood of Jesus just like you. Let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. And I thank you, Father, that we don't have to sacrifice the blood of animals year by year by year because what your Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus did. And Lord, we thank you for your blood that speaks tonight. And we thank you that your blood, you said, would not only be the remission of sin, but your blood would cleanse our conscience. I'll just tell you right now, if you've got a guilty conscience, just raise your hand to heaven and say, that's me, Lord. Woo, I ask you to wash that guilt, wash that shame. And I thank you tonight. I thank you. I come under the blood. And I speak the blood over my spirit, my soul, my body. I speak the blood over my tongue, my thought, my life. I speak your blood tonight, Lord Jesus, over my heart today. I ask your blood to cleanse my motives. I ask your blood, Lord, to cleanse my home. All you're doing is begin to allocate the blood of Jesus. Father God, we give you glory and honor tonight, and we thank you that we can come boldly with that confidence into the presence of the Most High by your blood in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.